It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. My special guest today is obsessed with helping soul-led entrepreneurs achieve transformational success. She does this by up-leveling their energy, mindset, and habits, and by helping them step into their power and speak to their authentic message. She encourages women to be unapologetically brave AF, tap back their inner knowing, and unleash their magic. She is Michelle Clark. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much, Matt. I cannot wait to talk about women standing up even higher. Yeah, absolutely. So this podcast is all about leadership always, but today we're talking specifically about women's experience and their perspective as leaders. Now, I know that you've said that women are shut down, shut up, and shut out. My question is, how does that happen? And why in the world is that still happening today? <laughs> First of all, I want to say that that I'm definitely not a man hater. I'm a man lover. And we are shut down, shut up, and shut out by everyone, not just by men. Um, and even when we are shut up and shut down and shut out by men, it's just conditioning, right? Like I'm, I'm never going to gonna hate on anyone. It's not really anyone's fault. It's just the way that we've been brought up. So we think that we've moved so far, you know, like at least we're allowed to show our ankles now and talk at the dinner table. <laughs> but we really actually haven't moved that far in our brains. Like we're just so held back in our brains. We're taught to be good girls. We're taught that good girls don't talk back. We're taught that good girls let others take the leading role. No one likes a bossy woman. You know, we still have all these subliminal messages that that hold us back, that boys just don't get those messages when they're growing up. Mm. I, I see it all the time. Unfortunately, there's these archetypes and sometimes women feel they have to act a, a, in, a, in a way like men or something, or, or the men will in, it, sometimes unconsciously hold them back or whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's very common. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And and then sometimes we feel like, and I mean, like for me, like I'm, I'm a yang metal, right? Which, which is a complete and utter male archetype. So I'm just naturally quite male kind of, right. You know, like, like I'm out there anyway, but then we also see women that aren't that way inclined and they force themselves to be that way. And when you do anything that forces yourself to move away from who you truly are, you get miserable. That's where you get depression. This is where you get suicide. This is like, there's nothing good with pretending to be something that you are not. The way that your business will be successful, the way that you will be a leader that people actually want to follow is being yourself. If you are soft and you want to wear floaty clothes and you want to hug everyone and that's your way, be that way, people will follow you. If you want to be like, right, bitch, get on with doing this and do all those things and be bossy, then do that and people will follow follow you for doing that but the trick is to being authentic so that's what i'm hearing is that on the one hand we're conditioned and if we act within our conditioning we're frustrated but then if we try to be something that we're not and by moving over here we're frustrated in the mm. middle path sounds like if we can be authentic and embrace and be unapologetic about who we are maybe that's a that, that's a more a more effective way forward exactly it's the only way forward. just be true to who you're to who you are but most often we don't even know who we are hmm so how do you find that out? I mean, so I'm, I'm talking about aspiring career leaders now. I'm, I'm out of school. I've been in the working world for, world for a couple of years now. I'm a high performer, but yeah. what, what do I do? And I have some gaps in what I knowing what I'm all about. Yeah, it's so difficult to get to know who you are because we distract ourselves all the time. Like the way that you'll find out who you are is by taking time and space, like walking around in nature or doing something that makes you feel completely lit up. 
you know, then then you'll be vibrating at the right frequency. You'll be free thinking. You'll be able to figure out exactly what you want. But we don't take the time to do that. We don't want to feel the pain of actually living. So we scroll through Facebook or we watch Netflix or we gossip or we read magazines. We do anything rather than think. Right. So if we can't take the space, then there's one other way to really know what you want to be. And it's jealousy. You'll be scrolling through TikTok or looking at whatever it is that you're looking at. And the things that trigger you and make you feel jealous, the things where you're like, oh, look at that person showing up and being all sparkly. Or, oh, look at that person showing up and being all bossy. Or look at that person showing up and being all mystical, right? Like whatever makes you jealous is what your soul truly wants to do. Oh, interesting. So I've heard it said that we hurt where we care. It's kind of similar to that, right? Exactly. If my attention. Wow. Yeah. And I think that that type of, it's not always escapism, but I think a lot of times it is just the default. You come back from a tough day of work. I know when I was coming up in the ranks, I really spent a lot of my nights and weekends and I had to force myself to study myself, but also study leadership, generally speaking. That's hard to do when you've had a tough day and you know time is there nobody seems to have enough time in this day and age, of course. But um, I, I like what you're saying about let's talk first about finding space. What are some places that you have have found with uh, some of your clients and, and women to go? And just give me some more examples about uh, making finding a new space. If I want to do some different kind of thinking, I'm probably going to have to do a different place to do it. Mm, exactly. Honestly, I would figure out, and this is quite often that I do with women with, at my own age, right? We've had kids, I've left home, and we've given everything to everyone else. And then we're like, oh, hang on a second, who am I? And what do I even like anymore? <laughs> so something that I get them to do is I get them to write out, because I say, go and do your hobby, you know, what do you love doing? And they're like, well, I don't do anything. It's like, well, okay, that's a bit of a problem. So I get them to write out what they used to do and why they used to like it. And it might have been that they used to enjoy night clubbing and dancing till three in the morning and of course that's not going to be something they enjoy anymore because we can't stay out past 10 o'clock at night but um I get them to write out what they enjoyed about it so did they enjoy the people about it did they enjoy moving their bodies did they enjoy the beat of the music like what do they enjoy about it and what could they do today that they would still enjoy that provides those those things and then whenever you're doing something that you're really happy about kind of your fears get out of the way it's impossible to feel fear and love at the same time so if you're doing something really awesome fear steps out of the way and then your real feelings and thoughts can step forward like hey imagine if I just quit my job and I started up a radio station or hey you know like that the ideas will come I love it and I, I think one of my favorite things to do as a leader when I'm working with my team is to help them create connections that they may not have seen otherwise because they're just too close to it so if they yeah. say like, let's say they really enjoy dancing and moving their body then my question is simply like, well, how can you find a way to bring that into your work? Let's be super creative about it. Maybe next time I'm giving a presentation, let's be conscious about how you feel when you're moving your hands or you're moving across the stage, whatever it might be. There, there might be some, some ways to incorporate some of that, but you have to develop that awareness like you're talking about first, Michelle. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, most of the most of the time, the thing that you will be a successful leader in, the thing that you really should be doing with your life is the thing that you're like, no way, no one's ever going to pay me to do that. Honestly, that's the thing you should do. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and I think that in this day and age, when you've got so many options to pursue interests and hobbies, and there's so much information and access, you know, if you decide to do it with your full-time job or explore it, you know, side hustle or just kind of dig into it, those opportunities are there. And I find that it can make you better, even while you have that nine to five day job, if that's what you choose to do for various reasons, it's still, the question is, what helps you be at your best? And if you know, doing that dance or doing that painting or whatever it might be, that, that helps, then that helps. 
it will even help in your career. It, it truly will, because it will make you more magnetic. When you're actually living in, in your true purpose, like you're living the way that your soul wants you to live, you just become magnetic to everybody. I love that. I love that. And, and I'll, let's pick up on that for a second, because you talk a lot about the importance of being soul led. And my question is, can you tell us a little bit more? What does that look like? And how did you find that in, in your life? <laughs> I tell you what it looks like is it looks like me most of the day riding my horse or floating in the pool on my flamingo. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm I'm a real hustle girl, right? Like, I mean, I my dad taught me that you had to work hard and you know success, success. And I mean, I had my first business when I was 18. So I mean, I've 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 done I've done a lot of things and running a lot. You know, I've managed big. I've worked in corporate for years and run big colleges and, and done all the things, but none of it leads to true happiness. All of it was great. Like none of my life has been terrible. It's all been great, but none of it leads to real true happiness when you're actually doing what your soul wants you to do. And honestly, it's as easy as asking what is right now for if right now is for having coffee on the deck with my dog in the sunshine, then that's what I go and do. Even if I had a client booked and I mean, I make sure that I'm sparkly and I, and I want to do it. So I only work two days a week so that I can be damn sure that I really want to do those two days. By the time they roll around, by the time Sunday gets here, I'm like, yay, I get to see my clients on Monday because I don't, I don't overdo it. You know, I make sure that it's something I still want to be doing. But every day, if I got up and I said, what is today for? And if today was for riding a horse and I truly didn't feel like peopling, I would cancel my clients. And that they would be absolutely fine with that. They'd be like, great, I'd rather have your sparkly self than your dragged out of bed self. So it's about doing what you really want to do. I think there's a lot of that that takes place where we sometimes we feel like we should do something. We should go to this meeting. We should, you know, somebody invited me, so I should say yes. Or, I, you know, I, I really should do these things. And, and if you're not feeling that in the moment, but you try to do it, first of all, you're probably not going to do a great job with it. And second, it's going to really, it's going to come at a very big cost to all the other things that you might want to do. And I, I see that soul draining sort of activity based on I'm meeting everybody else's needs. And this might even happen to career women before they have kids. You mentioned talking about how like everybody else gets theirs, but there's nothing left for me. I see yeah. that. I see that with 22 year old women in the workplace too, sometimes. And that's, it's devastating. I know. And then you end up bitter and twisted. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really not a, not a fun place to be. It really isn't like, and what we do, especially women, men do it too, but especially women, we give because we think that people will give back. It's just actually not the way it works. You should only give because you feel like giving, not because you're going to expect something in return because it just doesn't come back. It just doesn't work that way. But that's what we're taught, right? Given you shall receive. It's just actually not true. Give wow. because you want to give. I love that. And you're really tapping into that sort of that. How does it feel? How does it feel in, in the heart center and in, in the soul? And if it doesn't, if you're, if it's not giving you that immediate, uh, you know, kind of psychic return, then yeah. are you giving for the right reasons? Right. Yeah. And there's a really easy way. Like I know that it sounds really abstract, but it's just really easy. And it's so easy to figure out that I think people kind of step past what, what it is. Like it sounds too simple, but if you just check in with your body, like if you're in your, inside your chest, if it feels like you're hugging a bunch of puppies, then you're on the right track. Then your soul is saying yes. If you go inside your chest and it feels like someone's squeezing it on down, then the answer is no, don't take that path. It's as simple as that. Check in with your body. Yeah, I like that. I, I came to those lessons a little bit late in, in my life, in my career. And when I did start to slow down and to tune in and to really feel how I was feeling and, and really settle in and, and not try to so hard to... Uh, honor all the shoulds, right? That I would tell myself I should do this, should do that. 
everything felt a lot more natural in my leadership and everything, my, my results and my performance and really my connection with people really went up as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're not feeling great as a leader, you can't make your team feel like it's a big responsibility. Let's not beat around the bush. Like being a leader of, of people, being a leader of anything is a great big responsibility. And if you're just feeling pressurized all the time, you're not going to be doing a great job and you're going to be very internal. When you're a leader, you need to be external. You need to be sending out your little fairly spidey senses to check in with all of your team all the time. And you can't do that if your cup is empty. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I think getting back to thinking about women in leadership roles, I, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of powerful women in my life. I always have. And one thing that I talk to a lot of men as well is, is we understand that it's important and necessary to be advocates, but we don't always know what that means. Like, so if, if I'm a leader of a team and, and I have uh, women that I want to fight for, or if I uh, am, am in an organization, right. And I, I'm seeing that we can do a better job. Like what are some examples you have about how, you know, thoughtful people can be advocates, you know, for, for women as leaders. Yeah, it's so difficult, isn't it? And honestly, I have to say that this, like, we need a certain quota of color or gender or whatever. Like, it just makes it yucky. Like, as a woman, I, I wouldn't want to be promoted just because I've got the right anatomy, right? Like, it just, it doesn't fit right. Like, we're going to end up with the wrong sort of leaders. But the way that you can advocate for it, for, for women stepping into leadership roles is if you see the those leadership qualities, give them tiny little roles that'll give them confidence. Because if you go and say to them, hey, I'm going to promote you to be a leader, they'll be like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Or you'll promote them before they've got the confidence to do it. And then you'll put them into a role where they'll actually drown. So make sure you've given them the confidence first. We need to practice. We need, you know, we just do. We, we we need to prove to ourselves that we actually have the skill set to do it before we're actually willing to to run in and do it properly. Otherwise, we tend to resort to whatever our strengths are. For me, I'm I'm a playful, powerful, so I just resort to bossing everyone around. That doesn't make for a great leader, FYI. Um, <laughs> I get stuff done, but it doesn't make for a great team. Um, so we need to be feeling comfortable in the role of leadership before you put us in, or we really will revert to our strengths, and it's not always pretty. I think that that um, in my view, and I am not have any real background in this, but I, I do observe that a lot of the qualities of leadership that we need the most, especially right now, are things like empathy and connection and mm -hmm. things that historically I've seen some men be chided for. And certainly some women just assume that this is a, a, a quality that that in their leadership. And, and if it is, it, I, I'm where you are. I, I feel like if it's there in the person, male or female, it doesn't matter. Uh, mm -hmm. Great. And, and if not, but, but it's like, I, I think in reality, just as you said, let's give opportunities for leadership where they're warranted. Let's give safety and practice. Uh, let's, let's push where we need to. I think it's really sound advice. Mm. And, and there's a difference between empathy and, and enabling people. So, so empathy means that you feel something. So let's say I, I'm your leader and you might be having a really poor day and I can feel that from you, but instead of going, oh, David, tell me everything that's wrong. Because, hey, we might not have an hour to talk about how your cat got run over, right? Hey, David, I can see that you're really struggling today. What can I do in five minutes that's going to enable you to feel better? Do you need to go for a walk? Shall we have a cup of tea together? You know, so I'm giving you a time frame. I'm giving you some support, but I'm telling you that actually we're at work today and this is how it's going to work. So I've used my feelings, but I haven't dived into, oh my God, let's all drown in the sinkhole together. Yeah, there's, there's always time or interest in doing that on, on either side, right? So 
it can definitely be overdone. I, I think one of the other things that you have a framework that I love, it's the success triangle. And I wonder if you might, we've talked a little bit around the, the edges of it, but can you tell us a little bit more about the success triangle and, and how it helps leaders at every level really break through? Yeah. So the success triangle is all about the success structures. So making sure that you that you do the right things in the morning and at night time. So you've got the right mindset. It's about, you know, doing your big five before 11. And, and it's all of those actual business structures that you need. Like you need a solid foundation. It can't all be woo and feelings. You absolutely have to have the solid business structures. And then alongside of that, so you've got your success structures and then you've got your mindset and your beliefs that go along with it. So really tapping into who you are, what you believe, sorting out everything that's in your mind and your physical being. And then over the top of that, laying energetics. The energetics are about making sure that you're doing what is in your soul and that you're feeling amazing. Because if you're not feeling amazing, no other part of that triangle works. I wish I would have come across your triangle a long time ago. I feel like uh, energy is such a great, term and it's one that's really poorly understood and and people are just don't feel as as tapped to it but when you have good energy because of your actions and your thoughts and what you put in your body and everything it just flows so much more naturally i wish we had more opportunities to to think about or to be educated about the importance of energy like that yeah yeah because it's, it's all there right and if you look at kids like how gleeful are children right because they're doing what they want to do and that's why they have so much more energy. Like how often do you hear people say, gosh, I wish I had their energy. You watch the people that have energy, they're all happy because they're doing what they want to be doing. Yeah. And I think when you, when you're around other people too, like sometimes we fall into habits. Like I always have, let's say you always have lunch with the same group of people. Well, how's the energy at lunch? If they're complaining yeah. about work or they're complaining about other people, they're gossiping and you're not feeling great energy when you're done with lunch, have lunch with somebody else. Yeah. It's time to make a change. Follow that energy. See how you're feeling. Are you being, you know, charged up or are you being you know powered down and uh I, I, one of the most difficult things i've had to do this many years ago but i had to change my my habits because i was exposed to somebody who was just not helping me have good energy and yeah. you know I, I tried to discuss it with them and in the end it was just something i had to make a change in order to restore my energy and, and be a better leader exactly you know when we talk health and safety we talk about isolate eliminate or minimize well sometimes you've got to do that with the people in your life right you've got to minimize the time you spend with them i mean we can't go around eliminating people um but we can isolate them you know like we can like choose to only spend five minutes with them a week or yeah yeah absolutely well i think it, you know in terms of of women leadership all these different types of topics i feel like we've we've made a lot of progress but we haven't made nearly enough what I wanted to do, though, is switch over to a quick variety segment. I have a game for you. I wrote especially for you. You're going to love it. I call it successful AF. And in this case, AF means all female. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some clues about powerful, inspiring women who are at the top of their game and see if you mm -hmm. can guess who they are. Oh, you know, I'm going to be really bad at this game because I follow nobody other than Oprah, who is my hero. So uh, I wish I had Oprah on that. <laughs> uh, the first one, let's try this one. We'll we'll, uh, we'll make it easy. So uh, the first one, she was born in Houston, Texas. She was lead singer of a group called Destiny's Child. And today she's one of the world's best-selling recording artists, having sold more than 100 million records. No. She goes by the nickname Queen Bee. Doesn't help. No. Oh. Beyonce, Beyonce was uh, was that one. So, how about this next one? So we have uh, an executive. She is the uh, C uh, chief operating officer and a board member at Facebook, and she's the founder of Lean In. And Fortune listed her as one of the most powerful women in the business world. 
no see I don't know their names and (laughs) I just don't I know who they are I just don't know their names I'm gonna be very bad at your game that's okay that was uh Cheryl Sandberg she's uh she's uh, this one I know you're gonna know this is the hardest one on the board the audience is gonna know this one but you're gonna know this one you ready born in uh, I'm sorry a straight A student dropped out of school at age 16 had her first company by 26 managed three prominent New Zealand colleges and can perform archery from the back of a moving horse who are we talking about uh, me yes michelle clark I love thank it. god i got one you got that one absolutely you got that one your story is amazing and i tell you the the ability to to you know be as principled as you are somebody who is as hardworking as you are and had the positions you were but also had the good sense to be as soul-centered soul-led as you say and and really just you're going to do what you feel like doing. And I think you know, leading by example and living by example that way, I found very powerful getting to know you a little bit. Thank you. It, it really is important. And and for men and women, you know, like it's, it's not just women that I want to empower, but I just, I feel like we're a little bit behind the eight ball. So that's why I'm working mostly with women. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful message to be sure. And, and I, you can just see your, your personality and your energy come in just right through your, your message and, and right off the page. And I, I just, if I had a gift that I could give to, to your point, women leaders and, and male leaders too, any leaders, it is you know, that authenticity that we started talking about. Find the energy in your authenticity and bring as much of yourself to the party as you can. And if people don't like it, hey, that's on them. That's not on you. Exactly. Michelle, where can my listeners go to learn more about you? They can jump onto my Sparkly website, which is empowermentempires.com. They'll find all sorts of free stuff on there, free um, five-week courses and all sorts of stuff. Um, They'll find my book on there, Woo Woo for Women in Business, which is basically about using your soul to grow your business. I love it. I love it. I will include links to that in the show notes as well. Michelle, I can't thank you enough for being with us today, talking all about women and leadership and authenticity and everything in between. Thank you so much for having me. Here are my magnanimous top three takeaways from today's show. One, conditioning runs deep. From the time we're born, subtle social norms and influences shape our perspectives about ourselves and others. Two, make space for self-discovery. You have to create opportunities to develop the type of self-awareness that will be critical to your long-term leadership effectiveness. Three, follow the energy. Pay careful attention to those activities and experiences that fire you up. These provide powerful clues as to where you should be investing your time and effort. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making this investment in your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, until next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. Can perform archery from the back of a moving horse? Who are we talking about? <laughs> Me. Yes, Michelle Clark. I love Thank it. Thank God I got one. You got that one. Absolutely you got that one.